welcome to the High Vibe and Healthy Podcast. My name is Fran Dargaville and I'm a functional nutritionist with a passion for gut health and real food. I'm here to share my take on nutrition and health, answer your questions and chat with leading health and wellness experts and all-round inspiring humans. Enjoy this week's episode and submit your questions at frandargaville.com or via my Instagram, frandargaville. Hello, hello, friends. I hope you're doing really well. I have another great interview for you this week with Dr. Paul Kalustian, who is a board-certified neurosurgeon and clearly an expert in the brain. You guys are going to absolutely love this episode. We speak about all the main factors that negatively affect the brain, how sleep affects our brain, and why sleep is so important and the key action steps that we can take to support our brain health. So let's get into the episode. Hi, Dr. Paul. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing well. Everything's going well so far. So thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. So I would love to dive straight into chatting all about the brain and brain health. So to get started, could you share with us some of the main things that negatively affect the brain and our brain health? Sure. And um, obviously it's a, it's a very big topic um, and we can't possibly cover everything uh, during this podcast, uh, but, but certainly, uh, you know, as a neurosurgeon, someone who uh, deals with a lot of head injury and um, who's looked at people's brains eye to eye, uh, even under the microscope, I can certainly give you the, the, the main things that really affect people's brains in a negative way. Uh, one of the things, as you probably know already, and most people probably do, uh, is, is lack of sleep. Sleep time is, is such an important part of um, our lives as human beings, even, even animals, by the way. And, and the reason for that is that during sleep, the body's able to, to heal. In, in essence, as we're awake and living our lives, we're essentially going to battle in a sense. And our body is that shell that, that uh, fights off or wards off all the, the outside influences and challenges that sometimes throw themselves at us. Um, often look at COVID, you know, and so uh, our bodies really fight that and, and, our, and our brains uh, fight it too, psychologically. And so with sleep, uh, we're able to really rest and let our body's own natural healing apparatus work. And so sleep is just so critical to kind of up, update or refresh or heal uh, the pathways that have really taken a beating that particular day. Uh, and I mean, I, I feel it uh, myself. I, I still do trauma call, which is uh, uh, that I cover hospitals uh, overnights uh, and sometimes multiple nights. I've been doing that for 17 years and I get woken up so many times uh, in the middle of the night, uh, operating in the middle of the night. And I just know the next day I'm just so drained and not a hundred percent. I can feel that. And that's really just because the body didn't get the sleep it needs. We're, we're all supposed to get at least five to six hours of sleep a, a night. And so sleep is so important, uh, Fran, uh, just to allow our bodies to, to really heal from the stress that it was put under 
um, before that particular time frame. Dr. Paul, could you just tell us as well? So I know, you know, in the sort of entrepreneurial space and the business space is people like, you know, Elon Musk, I suppose, who are telling us, oh, you can function off, off four hours sleep or four hours sleep. And me personally, I'm more of a, you know, eight to nine hours kind of girl. If I can get that amount of sleep, I feel my best. But the people there who are managing to survive off this little amount of sleep, what would the impact of that be? Because I know people can get away with certain things for, you know, a period of time. And some people for a period of time are, you know, more resilient for a while. But eventually I would think that that's going to catch up with people. Yeah, that's a great question, Fred. And and I'm not going to get into any sort of uh, 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 discussions with Elon Musk. He's obviously <laughs> uh, uh, succeeded and in, in, in appropriately so. He's done some great stuff. Would love to meet with him. But, uh, but still, we're all made equally. Uh, we are all human beings and we're all created uh, in a specific way. And, and sleep is well studied by numerous intelligent scientists uh, to show that sleep is critical and sleep is necessary. And people may say that they only get a certain amount of sleep a night or a week or this or that, but the body simply won't function appropriately if you don't get a sufficient amount of sleep. Now, everyone's amount of sleep may differ. Certainly not everyone needs eight hours or six hours, but, but certainly uh, I would say four hours or less is definitely beyond uh, uh, sufficient for the body to heal itself. Some people may get certain cat naps in during the day. You know, they may take real full advantage of half an hour of time frames that they have perhaps in the middle of the day. And those certainly add up and help. So, so we, we have to realize the importance of that. My son, he takes naps. My daughter takes naps in the middle of the day. And I think we kind of all should be doing something like that. I mean, kids, kids are doing it. Why can't we as adults do that? You know, I think that's so valuable to take advantage of any sort of time to just lay our heads down and, and, and let our bodies heal so that we can then wake up with more vigor and energy. Yeah, absolutely. I really like that. So aside from sleep, what are some of the other main things that can negatively affect the brain? Yeah, well, um, certainly, uh, obviously alcohol is, uh, is a widely uh, utilized beverage. Um, some people drink it at varying times of the, of the day or night. And uh, certainly it's been well studied that alcohol uh, does hurt neurons in the brain. Uh, it really actively and directly either slows them down or kills the, the neurons actually. And it causes cerebral atrophy, which is kind of wasting away of the brain. And I'm not just talking about a, a cup of wine a night, that's fine. But I'm talking about overdoing uh, alcohol, even, you know, obviously drugs, you know, uh, drugs can negatively affect the brain. I'm talking illegal drugs. Uh, and uh, uh, those are certainly instruments of destroying uh, neurons of the brain. So certainly recommend avoiding drugs. Uh, and like I said, a, a glass of wine a night actually is fine. Uh, but certainly uh, everything in moderation, I think, is what is recommended. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, with the the wine thing as well, or the, you know, alcohol in general, I think a big part of that is sort of by individuality and seeing what works for different people. Because for me, with my sleep quality, even just one glass of wine a night, 
which I do have from time to time, but I find that that actually affects my sleep quality a lot. So I think, you know, everyone's got to find what works for them. And while generally that probably works for most people, you know, maybe it's not going to work for everyone. Sure, sure. And, and actually, you know, I, I wanted to mention something about exercise. Uh, we often uh, forget its, its role in brain health, but actually when you think about it, exercise helps pump our hearts, right? Helps pump blood from our hearts to the rest of our body. It strengthens our muscle tone in our legs, which allows blood to be pumped back up from our legs and back into our hearts. So that is so important uh, in brain health because what does any living thing need? It needs blood supply, right? If you don't get blood supply, you don't get the appropriate amount of nutrition. If you don't get the appropriate amount of nutrition to a particular area of your body, well, that area will not be happy. Uh, so one part of that aspect of the, of the body would be the brain. If the brain does not uh, receive the appropriate amount of blood flow, for whatever reason, if your heart is not working well, or there's a occlusion of the arteries going up your neck to your brain, et cetera, that slows you down. This, the mental processing speed is not what it should be. And it's just, it makes physiological sense. You're not getting that nutrition. So that particular area that's being devoid of blood supply will slow down. And it may just be a few things like, oh, you know, I'm, I can't find the right word or, or my memory is just not what it used to be. Uh, th th those are certain things that someone could have, or, or let's say weakness of one part of the body, like the arm or the leg. Now, these are called mini strokes uh, when you're when you're not getting the appropriate amount of blood flow to a particular area of the brain. So certainly exercise is super critical in strengthening your heart, strengthening your your core and, and, and your um, extremities so that um, we're getting a nice amount of blood flow to our brain. Yeah, absolutely. So. Are there any specific types of exercise that are, you know, supposed to be better specifically for brain health? Uh, I don't know of any studies that really looked at specific exercises and compared them to one another. Cause I think that's what you want is you want a good randomized study, a comparative study. Um, but, but certainly there are numerous smart people out there that are doing excellent uh, research on a variety of types of exercise, but certainly what I think most people agree on is they say, go for about a 30 minute walk or so a day. And, and I think that's at least from what I've recently read on one of the recent articles I looked at, that is really the consensus, at least get 30 minutes of some exercise, like a walk or a hike a day. And that I think is sufficient to get that heart moving, get those blood vessels healthy and get a good amount of blood flow to the brain. Yeah, that's really great advice. And I think it's really achievable for everyone. And I know it's challenging for people, especially if you have a job that is sedentary to, you know, even reach that 30 minutes sometimes, but seeing how you can weave that into your day, you know, maybe whatever, walking to a coffee shop, walking to work, if you're going to an office or something like that, you know, just seeing how you can weave that into your day. Um, and it's got so many different flow and effects. So I think that movement is very important and you've got to see how you can just get that 30 minutes into your day. It doesn't need to be challenging. Absolutely. No, I agree with that. That is, that is an excellent statement. So what impacts 
do does stress have on the brain? And, you know, I, I know you speak about sort of the impact of emotions on the brain as well. So, you know, stress and fear and any of those kind of emotions, how does that play out with our brain function and brain health? Yeah, and I actually, I was uh, interviewed a couple of times on that. I think one of the news stations, Channel 4, Channel 2 News, a few times, you can check my website out for that. But certainly in any sort of emotional state, uh, Fran, I, you know, th- there's a secretion of hormones and hormones are super important in making us who we are. And people forget that because we can't see it. You know, all we see is our outer shells, but, but in our, in our blood, with a variety of emotions that we experience, there are these little hormones that are just circulating around inside blood vessels and they get secreted from different parts of our body. Some hormones get secreted from our brain. Some hormones get secreted from our adrenal glands, which lie right above our kidneys, believe it or not. And they just kind of secrete these these hormones into the bloodstream that make us feel a certain way. So uh, for example, like in, in stress, a little stress is good for us. Imagine a world if we didn't have any stress, it kind of would be a little bit boring in my opinion. I think a little bit of stress is good. It actually makes you, you know, interested in in doing things. It makes you move faster. You know, people complete marathons because of some of that stress. It's it's just a good adrenaline rush. And and that's because you get a lot of cortisol secretion. That's a very important hormone in our body. Uh, It makes you move. You also get norepinephrine. Uh, That's the fight or flight hormone, they call it, that gets secreted into your bloodstream and you just want to move, get, you know, you want to get those arms and legs moving, the the mind starts to work fast. And that's great. Obviously, um, there's a limit. Uh, There there are points where clearly stress can, uh, and I'm sure many of your audience members have experienced this, where stress uh, is very detrimental uh, to your well-being. It, It takes you over uh, completely, and you cannot do anything. Some people cannot leave their house because of stress, because of whatever physical or mental stress that is that is occurring, and it could be very pathologic. Um, so, and it's all because of these these little hormones that are just circulating around, and, and the extent of these hormones. Some people have uh, real pathology uh, where they they hypersecrete too many of a certain hormone, or some people have a deficiency uh, of a certain hormone, Fran, and and that certainly uh, needs medical attention and it's really treatable. There's so many medications out there nowadays that that really act at the level of a variety of different hormone receptors to, to in essence, eliminate that as a problem for people. So so certainly a little stress is very good, very important. but certainly if, uh, if the stress levels are to a point where it's just affecting your life in a negative way, then it's, it's a big problem. It really can hurt your brain. It can make you uh, not sleep. You just lay up at night and, and think and think and think of all the negative things that are happening. And, uh, and that in turn uh, slows down your, your processing ability and it makes you uh, think in a more fuzzy way, for lack of a scientific term. And uh, so certainly um, stress is very, very important in, in overall health, but also brain health. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, as you said, sleep and stress are really sort of driving each other and it can be 
really challenging when you're in that vicious cycle and you're lacking sleep to, you know, manage stress and feel good in the day and support yourself to actually sleep well as well. I know that's a huge challenge for a lot of people. And I also just wanted to ask quickly about, you know, sleeping pills. Is there anything you know of in relation to the brain with sleeping pills? Because, you know, when people have insomnia or difficulty falling asleep, I know this is one of the solutions that people turn to. And of course, it's it's necessary in some cases. But I'm just wondering if there's any sort of specific impacts around that that you are aware of. Yeah, uh, you know, I get asked that a lot. Um, and we all have trouble sleeping. I have trouble sleeping. We, we all do at times. And that's very normal. Okay, that is not something that you should be freaking out about. I can't sleep. Your body will sleep when it's tired. It, it, it just will. It's kind of like when you're chewing and you're swallowing food, you're, you're afraid you can't swallow, but you're going to swallow. It, it, it's a reflex. You have no control over it. There's just no control you have, period. It's just like sleep. So sleep is the same thing. If you're, if you're tired and your brain is tired and your body is tired, you will 100% sleep. There, there's no question about that. Um, but, but certainly um, some people, maybe if they have just a lot of stress, maybe they're just not as physically active. So their bodies are like wide awake and they can just run marathons in the middle of the night. And, and that maybe their brain isn't tired. They haven't, you know, read a boring book like, like me. Like I like to read these boring books at night. <laughs> no one I'm sure wants to read about, but, but I'm a nerd in that way. So I, so I like reading that, but that puts me to sleep. Uh, I think doing that is, 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 is important because you need to be physically tired and mentally tired to then fall asleep. Um, in terms of pills, I just came back from Oregon yesterday. Uh, so certainly you can have jet lag issues, especially if you're going to, if I go to Sydney, let's say, if I go to Australia, you know, what, 23, 23 hour, I think direct flight, um, I believe, or, or a little bit less than that from LA, you know, certainly I'm going to get jet lag, you know, and melatonin actually has been well studied. It's very safe to be used for, for jet lag and kind of, kind of refreshing your circadian rhythm and, and, and making things okay if, uh, from that perspective. So that's fine. Totally healthy. A lot of people utilize that. And it's well studied. There's some other sleeping pills out there. You know, I would recommend avoiding as much medications as possible in terms of something that's trying to put you to sleep, just because a lot of these haven't been completely well studied. Um, and a lot of the sedating properties of these meds are just like the side effects of these medications. It's not like these meds are just intended to, to help you sleep because it acts on a particular sleep receptor. No, these are kind of like medications that uh, people use because they found, oh, wow, you know, this helps one thing, but it puts people to sleep. We could just help people sleep with it, you know, like, like Benadryl or, you know, the, these types of things, which work really well, but it's a side effect property. You don't want to take it too long because it could potentially cause other issues, but, but I think overall, those are the main things to, to really think about, Fran, in terms of uh, what to utilize when you're not able to sleep and you want to sleep. I think those are the main things to think about. Yeah, I like that. And, you know, that's, I agree with that approach in terms of definitely, you know, doing the exercise, doing the stress management, you know, breathing, getting outside, all of those kind of things. Um, first and doing what you can to sleep naturally first. And then, yeah, melatonin is a sort of next 
port of call, obviously not as a super long-term thing, um, but it's a helpful tool. And then, yeah, leaving those other sort of sleeping pills and, and that sort of thing as a last resort, realizing that, of course, in some cases, you know, they may be necessary. Right. Just a short break from the episode to let you know that I'm currently offering free strategy sessions. This is a 20-minute call with me to discuss your current health challenges and goals and for you to find out more about how functional nutrition can support you. If you're sick and tired of putting up with frustrating symptoms and you're ready to wake up feeling light, energized and healthy, I reckon it's time to take action. Head to frandargaville.com forward slash strategy session or the link in the show notes to book your free strategy session. So what are some of the action steps? I know we've spoken about a few already, um, but that we can take to support our brain health. Well, yeah, as we talked about the the main things uh, I would say, uh, Fran, would uh, be uh, number one getting appropriate exercise. Okay. As we, as we talked about, I think uh, ad nauseum, I think uh, that is so important. Um, I can't emphasize that enough for your audience. So I know you guys are all listening and exercise is so important, uh, not just for your brain. It's so, it's so important for your whole body. It's, it's just so worth the time to spend 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes a day out there going for a hike or a walk very critical. Avoiding uh, excessive uh, alcohol intake, I would, I would say is, is, is the next important thing. Uh, it's a rampant problem. A lot of people drink, I think, excessively, and it does cause a lot of cerebral atrophy and problems of that nature. So certainly being very uh, cautious. Uh, and, uh, but yet at the same time, having a glass of wine a day is totally fine. And it's, I recommend it. I, I think it's great for you. Appropriate diet is so important as well. I, I know, Fran, you're a nutritionist and a nutrition expert, and uh, uh, appropriate diet is just super critical. Uh, getting the appropriate amount of proteins from your, uh, let's say, legumes or nuts, um, uh, appropriate uh, uh, fats from, let's say, from salmon, um, very important, very important for good brain health. I believe linoleic acid and vitamin E are also very, very helpful, very uh, important uh, for our bodily function, but especially our brain function. My wife was telling me the other day, actually, I didn't know this, uh, but um, I think she was saying walnuts. Is that the is that the nut that looks like a mm-hmm. brain? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So she's saying that that food, because it looks like a brain, if you look at the actual nut when you're eating that, uh, saying that's actually very healthy for the brain. And actually I looked it up and it actually is. I was surprised to see that, uh, that the food you're eating based on what it looks like, it actually helps that particular part, part of the body. That was quite interesting for me to, to read about. Uh, so, so, and, and appropriate sleep, uh, you know, as we talked about, I think is, uh, just so valuable toward refreshing our body. It's kind of like turning your computer off for the day and then restarting it kind of allows all the circuits to, to like stop. And then you turn it back on and allows everything to kind of just heal. And, uh, and we talked about the various amount of time that's required for sleep. Not everyone needs the exact amount of sleep, of course, but if you can get a, a cat nap in here or there during the day or on the weekend, I think that could really, um, 
supercharge your system. And I guess that correlates with Elon Musk there, supercharge <laughs> uh, your system. <laughs> I wonder if he naps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Probably sure he gets not. supercharged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think those are the main uh, main things to think about. Yeah, that's great. That's really helpful, tangible advice. So do you have one final piece of advice about, you know, brain health or stress or overall health that you'd like to share with everyone? I would say... I guess I'll, I'll close it out by saying, use your brains. Uh, and what I mean by that is don't let it go to waste. It's a really cool organ. And um, like I said, I've been eye to eye with the brain on many, many thousands of cases. And I've seen a lot of brain injury up close. And I think people forget that you could actually do something yourselves to make your brains healthy, to make it work better. And people forget that. They just think it's, you know, it's just an organ there sitting in our skull and on top of our eyes. And, and, uh, and people think more of the heart, maybe more of the lungs. And they think other things, their veins of their legs, this or that plastic surgery, but they forget they have this, this thing up here on their, on their head, you know, that's, that's pulsating, that's working, that's making you think the thought that you're thinking that very second and in the future. And, um, and it's interpreting what you're seeing and it's interpreting what's coming out of my mouth as I speak to you literally right now. And it's such a valuable organ and utilizing the brain, you know, challenge yourself, do word puzzles often, do, uh, exercises where you're testing your memory. You know, if you're forgetting something and it, you know, it's on your phone, don't just go to your phone, think about it, try and figure it out, try and go through those steps and make those connections and think about what you're looking for, what that password is perhaps, and then check your phone and confirm it. It really makes those circuits and those neurons connect much more efficiently and faster. And I think it makes us evolve into better versions of ourselves. Yeah, that is such good advice. And, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but I'm guessing in your work, you probably see people with um, this trauma or maybe people later in life when they're having, you know, various difficulties with their brain health and brain function. And just to realize that we actually have the power to do something with these tools that we discuss, which are, you know, doable and realistic to put into practice. And also, you know, as you said, learning new things, um, actually using your brain instead of taking all the shortcuts that we always have available to us, you know, you can actually have that impact on your brain, which is pretty incredible. Absolutely. I think it's a lot of fun. We should go out there and use those brains the best way we can. I love it. Yeah. I'm all about that. I'm all about, you know, learning the new things and doing things differently. And yeah, I love that. That is really, really great advice. Yeah. So Thank you so much, Dr. Paul. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom. This has been a really great conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Where is the best place for people to find you online and learn more from you? Sure. They can go to my website, uh, www.drpaulwriting.com. So it's drpaulwriting.com. You'll find some of my interesting books that I've written, poetry and my memoir among other things. 
Perfect. So you're putting that brain to use with all that writing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. Love it. Really Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the High Vibe and Healthy podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to chat with me about how we can work together to reach your health goals, head to frandargaville.com. To connect with me day to day, Instagram is the place to be. Follow me via my handle at frandargaville. And finally, please note that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not considered to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment.